everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Misaligned. This week, all three of us are back. Caitlin and Megan could both make it this week. A little, a little bit of Hello. some technical difficulties this week already, but we have fixed them and we're all here. Laptops working, hopefully for the whole episode. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> fingers friggin' crossed. Yes. But today we have some news for you guys, and then we are going to have a discussion about music in television shows, and we're each going to basically pick a show and kind of talk about the music in it and how that either impacted ourselves or, you know, people in general. But first, Megan, I know this was a topic you definitely wanted to cover. As I'm sure most people listening to this know, Prince passed away at his home and we wanted to do a, just a little bit on remembering him, and we have a few other news items, but Megan, why don't you go ahead and talk about Prince a bit? I mean, he is quite literally just an icon and a legend in the music scene, and we really can't, we really wouldn't have a lot of what we have today without his influence. I mean, he was able to cross genres, he actually was my height, which I think is a little strange, that I could <laughs> be eye to eye with him, but the legacy he's left behind is amazing. And I'm actually glad my parents raised me on his music. I think Purple Rain is honestly an album that everybody needs, whether it's on a tape or they have the record or even on a CD. Um, also, the film is great. And of course, this wouldn't be a podcast in the modern vinyl family if we didn't talk about the time that prince called us out on twitter <laughs> um that crashed that the website moment yeah but that iconic moment from what was it the beginning of april where chris posted an article about the prince reissue series going through and prince was like nope false story <laughs> yeah, that that's, that was definitely things. <laughs> I said I was never actually a Purple Rain fan, so I'm I'm not on that board, unfortunately. Oh man, <laughs> I know I was a Around the World in a Day fan. I was, ah. I was a little more funky. <laughs> hey, there's nothing wrong with that end. at all. <laughs> oh, me, Raspberry Beret, and I—it's mm, <laughs> my jam. Yes. Yeah, see, I'm not like an avid Prince fan, but if Prince is on the radio, I'll usually just, you know, keep it on that station or whatever. Um, we have some of his records on vinyl in the house. Well, currently in my room because I kind of just took all of my parents' records. So <laughs> I mean, I have Purple Rain. Well, you're probably sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> also have Thriller on vinyl, you know, so got the Michael same, Jackson Prince same. feud going there because apparently they yep. did not like each other very much, which I learned from watching a bit on Ellen with Will I Am <laughs> just this week. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah, so if you can find that YouTube clip, actually, you know what? We will find it for you and we will link to it. Because, you know, Ellen puts everything on Ellen Tube, so this is true. <laughs> I'm sure that little bit with Will I Am is there, and he does a fantastic impression of Michael Jackson and Prince. It's insane. I'm not surprised by that at all. Same. <laughs> yeah, so definitely rest in peace, Prince. 
real bummer to lose him, you know, so early in his life. You know, he wasn't really that old. He was only 57 and it seems still seems a little fuzzy what really happened. I know he was sick and had been visiting hospitals here and there and pharmacies just, you know, like the week prior to his death. But I think people were still kind of waiting on an official word as to what happened because, you know, when they first said something. Yeah, and I, re- I read something that they'd already sealed, like, the evidence and blah, 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 or whatever, that a court a judge yeah. sealed the documents or something. So we may not know for a long time. Well, they sealed it because technically there's a criminal investigation going on because right. I guess yeah. something happened with the 911 tapes and they weren't technically supposed to be uh, released in full. Gotcha. So who knows? Yeah, I mean, there's definitely yeah. a ton of reasons to seal something and then it can always be unsealed later for whatever reason. But another interesting thing that came about after Prince's death was they apparently drilled into his vault and just found a ton of unreleased music. And of course, you know, the family members are all already fighting over everything. So who knows if any of that will ever come to light. But I think I read from Consequence of Sound that it was like enough music for like the next century or something ridiculous like that. Oh, Jesus. I mean, he was definitely mm-hmm. prolific. So that's not that surprising either, I guess. And also, let this be a lesson to everyone out there that you should never die without a will. Yes. Otherwise, you're going to have people fighting over silly things. I cannot believe that, that he did not have one. Of all people who is so, wants to be in charge of his music and his money, that he didn't have that. That's, I know. Uh, that you would think he would, That was more shocking to me than anything else at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's definitely very strange and, you know, especially when you're someone as famous as Prince, it's like, how do you... How does someone let Prince not have a will? You know, like his lawyers, his managers, whoever. <laughs> yeah. Know? So. Yep, I agree. That's, yeah, so that's strange. definitely pretty crazy. But we do have a couple other news pieces since we've last recorded. Yeah. Blink-182 released their song, uh-huh. Bored to Death. Yeah. Which I don't even like, but I'm so excited anyway. <laughs> I don't care. I was pretty neutral about it. I love it. Blink-182 so much. Yeah. Well, it sounds just like a song that should have been on their Untitled album, which I don't like. Right. Because it's too, like, processed and produced and blah, 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 because I like things to sound like <laughs> shit. So I was, you know, I don't even care that I didn't like the single. Like, I think on Twitter I posted that it, need more mo- it needed more mosh more than anything. That's I want Blink-182 to sound like I'm going to push someone around in a mosh pit, like in a happy way. <laughs> Not like an angry way, but just like I want to push people around. And I didn't get that vibe. So I am holding out that there will be some pushy songs to come. Uh, But I've definitely heavily considered going to see all four of their Texas shows. But I have a feeling my boyfriend will be out of that. I, I mean, well, that's the thing. They're all, like, within three hours of each other. There's one in Austin. There's one in San Antonio, which is an hour away. There's one in Houston, which is three hours away. And there's one in Dallas that's three hours away. So it's like, why the hell would I not? And then I'm like, oh, yeah, because that would cost me a lot of money. And it's Blink-182. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I probably just talked myself out of it, actually. There so you go. That's, that's what we're here for, Caitlin. <laughs> just get it all out. <laughs> <laughs> just talk it out. Yep. I just got to talk it out. <laughs> Either way, I'm super stoked. I will say, um, I like the track. It's probably not my favorite Blink-182 track, and it's a little weird to not hear Tom. 
But I like Skiba. Matt Skiba in Blank yeah. 182. It's, he blends right It's a pretty in. good mix. Yeah, I don't miss Tom. <laughs> not Well, I mean, Tom I miss Tom. Tom and all Tom. his, uh, yeah, not crazy I don't miss alien... Tom of the last decade, yeah. The crazy alien of... conspirator. Yeah, Tom of 20 years ago, sure. <laughs> New Tom, no. By the way, as an aside, if you Google uh, aliens exist meme and go to Google Images, you will not be disappointed at all. It's great. <laughs> there may or may not be some Tom DeLong memes thrown in there. Nice. I found a good one this week that was him looking through a microscope that said all the small things. That's pretty great. to like five different people. It was just him like looking through a little microscope, and it's yeah. Good. And the <laughs> last piece of news we have: Beyonce's Lemonade came out. It was released not only as an album but an hour-long hbo special which i was unaware that hbo was free that weekend so i was like oh i can't oh, watch it, really? it yeah and i i sat there watching uh, the nba see, playoffs I was, in dallas. <laughs> I was in dallas and i didn't you know i wasn't home to watch it and i didn't realize it was only for like 48 hours or whatever either so i still and they took it down the damn thing they took it down however you can watch all of lemonade on title i'm not doing that i refuse I mean, I'm on my second free trial of title, so I just there's that. As am I. I can't do Perks it. of having seven different email accounts you can have access to. I was going to say, I mean, I have enough, but uh, I'm just so against it. I don't know. I know. I know. It's hard. I'll, I'll decide this week, I guess, because my st- my eighth grade students are shunning me <laughs> because I haven't seen it. I mean, you so. can listen to the album now without title. So there's yeah, at least that, I which know. I only listened to the album on title. I didn't go watch the thing just because, yeah. you know, the album was, I believe, around 45 <laughs> minutes and the yep. thing was an hour long. So I was like, eh, I'll just listen yeah, to it for now. <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty good. And I mean, spoiler alert for everyone. This is my recommendation <laughs> for this week. So <laughs> this is good. We're talking about it now. But um, it's really gorgeous. Like, I love the way it was shot. I love the way everything flows together. Um, I love the amount of empowered women in the video. I mean, it's just, you have to watch it. It's great. And plus, um, in Hold Up, you can see her with her baseball bat named Hot Sauce. (laughs) Just (laughs) bashing it right into everything, which is great. And might be my new favorite thing that I need to figure out how to give. She probably had the best time filming all of that. Just from what I've seen, it just looks like she just was loving it and felt so good about all of it. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you can't you can't not support that. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. So that's something you should all go check out, especially if you're a Beyoncé fan. It's, you know, going to be really hard to kind of just ignore this album even though it did come out exclusively through title at first (laughs) well and i also my heart is breaking she's playing may 7th in houston and i am not going because i have to be a good person and go to a baby shower so babies are good you you can't go wrong with babies (laughs) (laughs) sorry baby (laughs) true words spoken on misaligned i know oh sorry baby (laughs) 
I'll just make sure to stay off the internet. It's fine. (laughs) Well, we're going to go ahead and jump into our main discussion for today, which is music and TV shows. And I'm going to go ahead and kick this off with One Tree Hill, which I did not watch when it first came on. I kind of got into it later and basically ended up catching up at some point, I think, with the final two or three seasons. And I initially started watching the show because, you know, in the first couple seasons, they really focused a lot on the guys playing basketball in the show. So that's kind of what initially got me into it. And then it was funny because it was like at the same time I was still playing basketball in high school, but then I ended up quitting my junior year and my focus kind of shifted more to music, which I felt like was exactly what happened in this show, basically, you know, the show focused on the brother rivalry on the basketball court. And then, you know, it moved over to when Trick kind of became the coolest fictional venue you could imagine. And it was just, you know, perfect timing, basically, for that. And I think I also really just wanted Peyton's record collection because it was sh- so ginormous, you know, and then like I mentioned, Trick being a cool venue and everything. But then you have the fact that you had Pete Wentz guest on the show for several episodes. So then, of course, Fall Out Boy performed at Trick. You know, Gavin DeGraw was on the show quite a bit because his song was the theme song for the show. And you have, you know, Sheryl Crow making an appearance. And it was kind of like all these crazy things. I had no idea that... That it was even like a music show at all. Like I've never seen an episode of that. Oh show. yeah, it, it there was like so never. much music in this I show, <laughs> and they yeah, they played uh, Jimmy Eat World a lot. The Cure was a huge part of the show too, and even just with uh, so Peyton Sawyer was also very good at drawing and everything, and it's like her drawings kind of went well with the style of music they were playing, and I think. This show is also what really got me into Jimmy World at first because they played several of their songs on various episodes and the whole like venue scene and everything and going to shows, which I started to do more in high school. It was just like everything was like very similar to what I was going through at the time, not necessarily like all the drama and character stuff that was going on, but as far as the focus being shifted, like I mentioned. But yeah, it's definitely a huge music-based show, whether with actual musicians being in the show or just the music they played on the show. Well, I have learned a thing. (laughs) Yeah, and um, as far as I know, there were three physical soundtracks released. Um, My dad actually watched one a lot, (laughs) so we have the seasons on DVD, and I have the CDs in my collection and the first one is just your regular one tree hill it introduces like gavin DeGraw on there it's got i think jimmy eat world is on the first soundtrack um and then they've got compilation two which is friends with benefits um which i believe features one of peyton's drawings and if i'm remembering this correctly that's the season that Jack's Mannequin was on, so probably somewhere in 2006. Yes, that was a huge possibly. episode, too. I love that episode. Because that was right right after Andrew, um, I guess, completed his treatments. 
I'm not sure. It's been a while yeah, since I've I watched it. Yeah, I think so. I then... think it was, you know, kind of right after he had beat cancer. And the thing mm-hmm. is, it wasn't just musicians kind of making guest appearances at the venue. They also had, like, actors who were also musicians in it. So, you know, Bethany yeah. Joy Lenz is yes, Tyler a great singer. Her and Tyler Hilton kind of had a thing on the show and made some songs together on the show and then you had Kate Vogel playing a character and Jana Kramer was also on the show at one point and now she's like a huge country star so it's kind of crazy to see how even that show kind of helped some of the actors get these starts in music and everything because at that time you know Jana Kramer could sing but wasn't really pursuing it actively as a you know a big career or anything like she is now and um actually going back to the jack's mannequin thing um the mixtape was featured on the show and there are actually two versions of that music video out one that came out with everything in transit originally where it's animated it's really cool and the other one actually features some of the one tree hill yeah. characters um so i thought that was cool Oh, and then mix. Ooh, the <laughs> there. Um, mix three of One Tree Hill is the road yeah. mix, so it's like great music to road trip to. Yeah, and they even had you know road trips in the shows that would include some of this music and everything. So it's kind of like they did a really good job with branding the whole thing between you know the soundtracks and the show and who guested on the show to perform at trick and that sort of thing i think they even had cheap trick on for like a reunion episode for like the high school reunion or something (laughs) if i'm remembering correctly they were very committed to this whole music yeah i appreciate that (laughs) it's definitely been a while since i've watched it yeah me too i mean i think i've watched it in its entirety almost twice but i kind of just stopped at some point along the way (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, but I'm pretty sure Mm -hmm. all the seasons are probably on Netflix still. Are they? I think so. I know when I initially started rewatching it, it was when I was using Zach's Netflix account in college. So (laughs) I know at the time they had a ton of the seasons up there. So unless it was one of the things that got pulled from Netflix, I think at least a good chunk of the episodes are still on there. Hmm. Although if I'm wrong, I apologize. So there is that. <laughs> Sorry, everyone's hopes up. No one for you. Basically, which that's kind of how I feel about this next show that Megan is going to talk about, The OC, a show oh, yes. I have yes. not personally watched, but I do have plans to nope, kind of start it just because of the music aspect of it. <laughs> it's actually a pretty silly show when watching it. I mean, I've been watching it a lot because it's been on TV. And I believe they've picked up Hulu to have it as a streaming service. Um, You can stream it on the CW Seed. And it is currently airing on TV on the Pop Channel, which I think I mentioned a few weeks ago when I talked about this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's not bad. Um, It's definitely an iconic show. I mean, it ran from 2003 to 2007. So, of course, there's going to be a lot of, like, silly references to the early 2000s that sometimes we wish we could all forget. (laughs) I think the thing for me is that if I go back and watch it, I know some of the people from that show are in things I 
currently watch or things I've watched since the OC went off the air. So it'll be kind of weird to see them in these roles. Oh, you mean like Olivia Wilde? Yes, and even um, <laughs> Ben McKenzie because he's in Gotham right now. Oh, yeah. And I I mean, it's mm. not the best superhero show on TV by any means, but I still watch it anyway because I have a problem and just have to watch all of them. <laughs> See, he's jumping from one Fox yep, show to another. Basically. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am going to actually give a heads up that some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about today is a little spoilery. So if you haven't seen the seasons... I'm sorry for ruining your experience. I'm just going to walk really. away from the because podcast right now and hope I come back. Just put our headphones <laughs> yeah. down and let Megan text us when she's done. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, the show started airing when I was in middle school. And this basically was coinciding with my musical awakening at that time. So it introduced me to a lot of the stuff that I listen to today. On top of all of that, um, the character Seth Cohen, played by the adorable Adam Brody, he gave me an unrealistic expectation of love. So basically, <laughs> like, it's it's hard to explain. It's like, one day I will find a Seth Cohen, and it will be great, and he will be perfect in every single way, with all things aside there. <laughs> yeah, Seth Cohen, great emo geek. He was into comic books. He had a really good taste in music, and he was adorable. Like, you can't go wrong with, like, him giving you the puppy eyes and having allergic reactions to the universe. But right, right. The show had six soundtracks released in a physical form, and one of those soundtracks, which is Mix 6, is a covers album that features songs that were featured in the... Wow, can't talk. In the show, um, redone by different artists. Of note, John Paul White, of the Civil Wars did can't get it out of my head and just turn that into a slow sad sappy song on that album um mix three is actually a chrismica album because chrismica is a blend of christmas and hanukkah a cohen family tradition <laughs> and hey it sounds silly but it, i love it no i love it keep going keep going <laughs> yeah they had some really good episodes but the Christmaca album actually features some really good Christmas songs, like Jimmy Eat World doing Last Christmas, and there's nice. actually Hanukkah songs on there. Um, I think it's Ben Queller does a song of Rock of Ages or something. Yeah. Something probably. like that. I might be probably. messing this up. <laughs> um, otherwise, the other four soundtracks, one, two, four, and five, all feature songs that were featured in some of the episodes. Um, Sufjan's on one of the albums. Obviously, Phantom Planet's going to be on there. I think they actually have an acoustic version of California on one of the soundtracks. And then on the first one, it's the original theme song. If you don't want to go out and buy the CDs, I know that Spotify has most of them available. I'm pretty sure that Apple Music or iTunes would have them. I haven't even looked to see if Tidal has it, honestly. <laughs> because what's the point title Ugh. but yeah it's exactly. funny that the phantom planet song you mentioned it's like as someone who's from california i literally cannot get away from that song i was going to drexel <laughs> and in my songwriting class the professor played it i was like but why <laughs> like why do you do this to me that's actually pretty funny um and kind of going off what you were saying about one Tree Hill featuring a lot of artists performing. In a sense, that's what the OC featured as well. Um, 
Josh Schwartz, the creator of the show, actually wanted the show to have a prominent feature of music. And he really went for a lot of the up-and-coming indie bands that we all know and love today. Um, actually, several performances were noted at the bait shop. Uh, season one, Rooney makes an appearance. And as the show goes on, the killers, Death Cab for Cutie, which happens to be Seth Cohen's favorite band, um, Modest Mouse, the singer Jem, Rachel Yamagata, The Subways, The Thrills, The Walkman, and T.I., surprisingly. Um, they all performed on the show in some capacity or another. Um, that was really cool to see because that actually introduced me to some of those artists. Um, Death Cab in particular, I can definitely say the OC introduced me to. And, uh, I mean, just rewatching it has made me realize how much of an impact it's had on my life, even now, 10 plus years later. Um, and it still gives me all the feels like in my rewatching state i have nearly cried several times i have embarrassingly seen the episodes just numerous times uh it's kind of bad and i can quote the shows endlessly but right going back to death cab um a movie script ending was actually featured in season one's episode the escape so seth is driving the gang of marissa um ryan summer Seth, obviously, down to Tijuana, Mexico. And uh, what's interesting is he's blasting Death Cab for Cutie. So Summer, the girl he was, like, having a huge crush on, said that she started to complain about Death Cab and caused him to nearly run off the road. So he's like, hey, don't insult Death Cab. And she says, oh, it's like one guitar and a lot of complaining. (laughs) Iconic moment in that show. Great moment. Moving on with more Seth and Summer, who not apologetic for talking about a lot because they're my favorite TV couple ever, which that's a different story. In the telenovela, which is probably my favorite episode in season one, they make their relationship public. And this is actually happening as Patrick Park's Something Pretty is playing, where he, being Seth, Uh, makes his way to the kissing booth that Summer's working at. He stands up, makes a big fool of himself. The guy manning the booth is like, you're dating this emo geek? And Seth's like, yes, Brad, she's dating this emo geek. And they have their first, like, official public kiss, and it's adorable and just all the feels. Season two actually introduced the "Mm, what you say meme to Mm -hmm. the world, where that was... (laughs) You might be familiar with that if you watched oh, yeah, SNL. I'm going to have it stuck in my head now. Oh, yes. It's it's everywhere. Um, but that was in the season finale of season two where Marissa shoots Trey, Ryan Atwood's brother. Um, but she was protecting him. So it's not like a bad thing. But speaking of Imogen Heap, her music was featured a lot in the show, which was really cool. In season three, at the end of that season, obviously, her music gets featured again in a season finale. Um, Hallelujah, her cover of that was featured as Ryan is trying to save Marissa after his car is run off the road by a jealous Volchuk. Volchuk being the guy that Marissa had a fling with and then realized he was really bad for her and then stuff and things happened and she went back to Ryan. Um, Marissa and Ryan were like one of the first couples introduced in the show, which they had an interesting dynamic over the years. Let's see. Oh, right. Speaking of more episode endings, um, 
in the series finale, yet another Patrick Park song plays. And I think it's actually one of the best ways to end an entire series. It gives everyone closure. It kind of goes into what the characters were like in the future. And of course, Seth and Summer get married. And Life is a Song by Patrick Park is playing. And it's just a perfect moment. Oh my gosh, I love it so much. And also because they make cute, silly faces at each other. Like, come on. I want a love like that one day. And I mean, it worked out for them because they both were dating throughout the series, like in real life. So it wasn't awkward. And oh, covers. Yes, I mentioned that there was a covers album on one of the mixes. I believe it is mix four, four or five. Um, Matt Pond PA covers an Oasis song. We all know Oasis and how they're kind of weird about people covering their tracks and performing and just and stuff. in general so <laughs> yeah yeah in yeah. <laughs> yeah josh schwartz actually reached out to the guys and said hey i have this idea for an episode i would like to have champagne supernova covered um can i get the rights to that and he did and that's how matt pompier got to play the song and it's a great cover um happens during an iconic spider-man like kiss between seth and summer <laughs> like she, is uh, she hanging upside down He's hanging upside down in a Spider-Man ah, mask while she runs up to him. It's super cheesy and super cute. <laughs> um, but also, another one of Matt Pompier's covers was featured in the show where it's, um, let's see, what is this? In season, don't think it really matters. But Matt Pompier also covered neutral milk hotels in the aeroplane over the sea. And... I'm really talking a lot about ending <laughs> songs, but it it's... is important, very impactful. Yeah. I mean, these songs had an impact and I know that that cover is readily available. I think it's on his winter songs EP might be mistaken, but I could go on and on about this forever as you guys can <laughs> obviously tell it. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. And it should be noted that pilot study episode 12 took a look at the OC as well and its impact on culture today. Definitely a good episode. I listened to that as well, even though yes, I've never watched yes. the show. But, you know, don't feel bad about talking about it a lot because it gave me time to remember something about One Tree Hill that I totally forgot, which is pretty bad because it, you know, <laughs> it involves them having a an entire record store in the show as well. And it's funny because Mark Schwann, who created the show, is the record store owner in the show. So he put himself in the show as the music guy, which I think is really funny. And, you know, I didn't even realize that until way after, you know, those scenes had happened and everything. And I'm like, wow, that makes a lot of sense, you know? And I thought that was also a pretty cool touch to the show to kind of throw in a record store and not pretend like, oh, Peyton just has all this music and it just magically appears, you know? That's true. Yeah, I mean, that, that's important, though, because I think a lot, especially at that time, a lot of kids watching that show, like, they don't know what a fucking record store is. Like, they weren't listening to records. <laughs> yeah. Their parents have them. And, like, that's it. And that's still the case. Like, people don't go to record stores unless they listen to records. So it's a lot right. of people don't, aren't exposed to that culture. So it's, that's really cool. And the OC picked up on that, too. Um, in one of the episodes, Seth is actually playing... Um, Ryan Adams' cover of Wonderwall, 
which I wish had made it onto the soundtracks, um, on a record player. So he sets that up so he and Summer can actually dance. And I thought that was really cool to see because at that time it was all like flip phones and stereos and not record players. Yeah. And, you know, Peyton had her basically a full wall in her room dedicated to records. And then when she goes and meets her biological mother later in the series, she goes to her house and it's just like multiple walls of records there. So it was also cool how they did that and kind of made it seem like there was still something she got from her biological mother, even though she didn't really know her until, you know, way late in her life, pretty much. Makes sense. Yeah, so definitely shows with lots of records. But Caitlin, you have another one of my favorite (laughs) shows coming up. So, (laughs) Well, I definitely do not have any kind of detail or depth that Megan has provided us. (laughs) But... um, No, it's awesome. I wish yeah, I did. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs> I, so I actually have two, um, but they're both really short, so it's fine. Um, my first one is Friday Night Lights, of course. Um, and I know I've mentioned this show several times, and I actually did not watch it when it originally came on. I don't think um, I did either, but it was such a good show. Well, I was... I'm so mm-hmm. anti-sports and have been anti-sports my whole life practically that I was like, I'm not watching this freaking show about football. But you um, live in Texas, I mean, Caitlin. Me. Come on. And I hate football <laughs> because I was forced. It was forced on me. Like, oh, you want to be a marching band? Cool. You're going to go to every football <laughs> game ever. And I was like, fuck this. Um, but like ex- the Friday Night Lights, like. Obviously, I live in Texas, but, like, a lot of it was filmed. I mean, well, in Austin, I wasn't living in Austin at the time, but we also had uh, scenes filmed in Dallas, and people were extras and all that kind of stuff. So I already felt connected to the show before I watched it, finally watched it, and I I knew that Explosions in the Sky wrote the soundtrack for most of the show, Um, but I did not realize how awesome it is i mean i've loved that band for a very very long time it's you know they were always kind of a local band um and i love that they picked a band that is also local to pretty much where everything was filmed Um, my boyfriend lives across the street from the the dylan panthers stadium like that's it's just like a normal thing and you know and explosions the sky like a normal local band sort of I don't know I feel like for me there's you know that bigger connection of locality um which comes with obviously living in Texas and experiencing the whole high school football crap that's super super crazy um they had two physical soundtracks that they released that included more of our local bands um it included Spoon the band and you will know us by the trail of the dead Um, so there, I mean, there's other music on there too, that wasn't just explosions in the sky, but they, I mean, to this day, that theme song just gets me. And I was really, really hoping that when I saw them in Austin a couple weeks ago, they were going to play it, even though I knew they wouldn't, but I definitely would have like lost (laughs) my mind. Um, and there's that one, I can't remember what season it's in, but it's the song Devil Town by Tony Luca. It's uh, such, such a good song. And actually, when I saw that it was included on the soundtrack, I may have to go download it and find it. But, um, so, Friday Night Lights forever. <laughs> Texas forever. And it's funny. I mean, obviously, it did heavily center around football, but in the end, it never really was completely about football. 
No, that's why I finally like broke down and watched it after I had like four people convinced me. <laughs> They're like, we promise it's not about football, and I was like, fine. And now I'm like, oh, I want to be Tammy Taylor. <laughs> I want to be Tammy. So it, yeah, it's definitely not about football. And if you've if you've been like me and you've heard all these great things and are still like putting it off, I definitely recommend that you go watch like the first two episodes. Are they still on Netflix? I have no idea. We will definitely check that. Know. So whatever is on, yeah, we'll, we'll link whatever's <laughs> yes, available whatever people. is on Netflix or Hulu or anything else. We will link to that, and <laughs> we will go ahead and also link to you know some of these playlists that we've mentioned too, because you know One Tree Hill has the soundtracks. The OC clearly has plenty of soundtracks to choose from. Well, and I'm I'm going to be mm-hmm. making one for my my other excellent. Shows. Okay, perfect. <laughs> I'm make my own. So my my other recommendation is, and just a preface, I love garbage television. Um, it is my weakness. It always has been. So when Teen Mom and Sixteen and Pregnant were on originally, I watched the shit out of that. But what I was realizing over the years of watching it, their music game is so strong. I don't know who they had working in their department or whatever, but the bands that they were picking and choosing were really ahead of the game some of them were really under underground at the time um like i made just a quick list of some of the bands um they were playing moving mountains from 2009 um the Lemonheads, the breeders someone still loves you boris yeltsin block party the jealous sound uh into it over it lydia joey cape solo stuff from Lagwagon, tim casher uh, good old war and in some of the recent episodes they've been playing prawn and paris and they have a couple austin bands on there too which i really enjoy hearing but like the list goes on and on and on of all of these really awesome bands that you would not expect to hear on just like a garbage show on mtv yeah um and i actually i i will defend teen mom and 16 and pregnant but we won't go there <laughs> now but i've always enjoyed that show for not just like the stupid drama, but for the perspective. I don't know. I guess working with teenagers makes me think that way a little bit. But anyway, super, super strong music. Um, actually, MTV in general, when I was yeah. kind of researching today and looking on their spot, they have a billion Spotify playlists. Uh, but all of their shows, like when you go and look through them, um, God, there was that terrible show called Buck Wild. Um, oh i remember that one. Oh yeah um oh. good old war good old war who was one of my favorite bands was on there like four or five times really so it's just yeah super super strange huh. um for something kind of that doesn't i don't know it's just very very interesting um so i don't i'm sure there are mtv fans out there who are like duh like everybody's <laughs> known this all along but when i really start thinking about it like it's a they do a really really good job someone is definitely doing their job and doing it well so, but I am going to make my own little Spotify list uh, for for that, purely for myself, but I'll definitely link it in the notes Nice, well. and it's a good thing you mentioned, you know, that these are MTV shows. Even though MTV has gotten so far away from playing music videos all the time, I feel like even just their yeah. internet presence and everything, they're really staying in tune with what's new and everything. So I think that definitely helps when they have shows and then they can still kind of push the music that way and kind of... Yeah, they do. This is true. It works. It, it really does, does yeah. work. Awesome. Well, that wraps up our main discussion for today. So we're going to go ahead and move on to recommendations. As Megan mentioned, Lemonade, obviously. But do you yes. have any more you would like so to expand much, yes. on that, Megan? 
I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> um, I mean, I can give a shout out to the uh, Yingling Ice Cream Company for selling their delicious ice cream in the city. <laughs> wait, um, Ying- wait, like Yingling? Yes, the I've beer? actually had their ice yes. cream too. We had it at Drexel yes. for something. Is it beer flavored? Unfortunately, it's not. Um, but they have crazy good flavors. They oh have like God. some pretzel Ooh. type one, Look, and it was really get, good. We can't get Yingling here. I just want some Yingling. <laughs> That's all I need. And maybe some Yingling beer ice cream. But now I'm not interested. Well, never mind. <laughs> okay, okay. Hear me out on this. They have a flavor called black and tan, and it is a really delicious chocolate and salted caramel. Yes, we got that which, for the show at Drexel, oh, and it was oh, so, so good. good. It is so good. Um, not beer. It's not beer. I'm <laughs> not sorry. Oh, I'm so disappointed. But hey, hey, maybe maybe this will cheer you up. So if you don't want to buy lemonade on itunes or get a title account um it is also a bit pricey on itunes for a digital album it's i think 17.99 but you also get the visual album as well so that's kind of a good deal i guess um may 6th is actually when the physical copies will be coming out so i'm not sure if that includes records but i know for a fact that that will probably include cds Mm -hmm. and paying $17, $18 $17, $18 for a CD sounds a lot more uh, feasible than paying for digital yeah, files. It's very true. Good, um, good so there's thinking. that good bit of news. <laughs> I will consider. <laughs> nice. Let's see. Um, for my recommendation, this has actually been going on for a while, and if you follow me on Twitter, you've seen it. Um, after the debacle that happened with the story so far a couple weeks ago um, with What's-His-Face punting that girl... I just Ugh. like seeing all the comments and every. I just got so fed up, and so I came up with the idea with different influences from online for a basically a parody of the Defend Pop Punk shirt. So mine says Defend Girls, not Pop Punk, and it has a picture of a brain on it. Um, and this is a campaign that is ongoing through Teespring. The shirts are $12 plus shipping, and any profit that's made is going to go to our local Planned Parenthood in Austin because our Planned Parenthood is not funded by our state government. So we have very few safe places for women to get health care. So the campaign ends actually on May 3rd, but it will stay up. And if 10 more people reserve shirts, then they will get reprinted. Um, So you are not out of luck. Um, So I'll post that link in there. It's teespring.com slash defend hyphen girls. So I would love for you to help support. They're pretty hilarious, and I think they'll make people mad. So... That's a great reason to want one. Nice. And my recommendations are not as women centric. <laughs> so, unfortunately, <laughs> that's purely yes, coincidental. Um, but I recently listened to Hurry's new record. It's called Guided Meditation. And anytime anyone has been looking for some new music to listen to, this is what I've been telling them to listen to for the last week because it is very, very good. And it's not a long album. It's only nine songs. So it won't take you that long to listen to it. But it's kind of like almost got a Beach Boys vibe to it. But it still has that, you know, kind of... I don't want to say pop punk guitar sound, but it's more of a rock guitar sound than you would think of necessarily with the Beach Boys. So if you really like guitars and kind of like Beach Boys harmonies there, this seems like a good combination of the two. And then my other recommendation is a comic book. It's called Why the Last Man. So 
I guess this one could be a little more women-centric because it's literally about this guy who is the last guy in America. So this one guy survived some male-killing plague, apparently, (laughs) and his mom (laughs) happens to be like a U.S. senator type of person, so a high official in the government, and she is basically trying to do everything possible to keep the women from killing her son. And I just started book two this weekend, so for those who aren't as aware of how comics kind of work, you know, you have the single issues that come out each week, and then they collect those later into trades, but these books are even bigger than that, so it's like 300 pages of the comic, basically, so you get roughly 10 issues or so in one book, and it's definitely an interesting take on a comic because, you know, it's not one of these superhero comics necessarily it's kind of I don't want to say more realistic because you know killing all but one man in America is (laughs) not so realistic but it's a different take on comics than you're used to seeing with you know Marvel or DC and I've really been enjoying it I have four of the books on my shelf and the fifth one comes out in August so I will definitely be reading through the rest of those before that fifth book comes out I've got to get back to my books. <laughs> I've been slacking. I know. I, I checked out a couple books from the library, and now I'm like, all right, I got to hurry and finish these because now I have more ebooks that I got to review. So, all of the course, books. Of course. Uh, see, I will be bringing a bunch of books with me when I go on tour in a few weeks. Um, uh, yes. That's that's a thing that's going to be happening. So, so, instead exciting. of using my data so plan, yeah, just make everyone else drive I'll, so I'll... you can just sit there and read the whole time. I can't read in a oh, car. Oh, that's now. rough. It's really I weird. don't think like, I, I can get either. Carsick. I get car sick, yeah. I get super barfy. But uh yeah, maybe there will be more about my tour excursions um yeah. in the next recorded non-interview portion of Misaligned. Um cuz I think we're recording that right before I go on tour. I believe Sweet. so. Yeah, but you will definitely get have to update us on that. Should be an adventure. Yes, yes. It's going to be something, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> My first tour. I have yet to go on one, and I don't know if I will, so <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that uh, happens. I know. I, I'm still holding out hope. I'm holding out hope myself. I don't know. Things just finally fell into place. So it's like, I'll take it. I'll go. Awesome. Okay. All right. Well, that wraps it up for this week, everyone. Thank you for listening, and as always, enjoy the rest of your day.